into the it is Friday, the 20th of May. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. Tim Gilbert here. I'm joined by my co-host Shane Lee. And as everybody knows, Shane is an aficionado when it comes to the finest quality of food. And, 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 and you love the practical side of food as well, Shane. You've come up with, or you've seen, this fantastic idea. What about this for an invention, Tim? Mm-hmm. They've come up with edible sticky tape so you can stick wow. your burritos together. Now, I remember, and I'm, I'm not proud of this story, but I remember waking up one morning, and I'd eaten a kebab in bed, being drunk, and I think I even ate. I think <laughs> I even ate, I think I even ate the aluminium foil. I was that hungry, but uh, no, no need to worry about eating foil again because they got sticky tape to keep it together. Tim, how good's that? Oh, how good! What else did they do with edible? Um... <laughs> oh, anyway, okay, we've got a huge, huge show today. Of course, it is Friday, so Brisbane comedian Chad Wicker is on board, as is Melbourne comedian Luca Muller. John O'Brien is a legend of Australia's beer industry. In 2003, he dreamed of producing a great-tasting beer that could be enjoyed by everyone, free from the ill effects of mass-produced wheat and barley. John began a brewing journey blending unique aromas and flavours offered by ancient grains such as sorghum and millet. He perfected recipes over time which have led to 40 local and international awards, including three gold medals at the Australian International Beer Awards, a gold medal at the Indies and a silver medal at the Beer World Cup. Proudly 100% Aussie-owned, made in Ballarat, O'Brien Beer is Australia's most awarded gluten-free beer and widely available around Australia through major retailers and online at rebellionbrewing.com.au. O'Brien Beer, the beer that loves your back. Interesting events in the pool, uh, Shane. Of course, Cody Simpson, we had his coach on, or his then coach on this program some time back on Afternoon Sport. And uh, he, of course, is a famous singer and done everything in the entertainment industry and uh, turned his attention to what he did as a kid. And, and now he has um, performed very well at the Australian Championships and made an Australian team for the world titles. Which is good on him. And uh, for a guy that has a, a very successful um, singing career, he's got plenty of money. He doesn't need to be doing this. And his mother was a, an Australian swimmer, and so it's in his genes. Um, he looks super fit, and um, he's swimming very well. And uh, this has always been his goal. There's a couple of little hurdles to go to see whether he'll ever make it to the Olympic Games. But uh, he's looking pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the fact that uh, he did so well... And Kyle Chalmers has elected not to swim at the world titles in July. It means that he's qualified for his first Australian team. Well, and, of course, that will be named at the end of the meet. Well, it also, there's a bit of a love triangle going on there too with uh, um, Kean, the swimmer, and Chalmers, apparently they were romantically linked. But uh, old Cody's come in. I think he might have cut his grass there as well. So. He's, he's joined the team in more ways than one. And, uh, of course, Olympic gold medalist Zach Stubbley-Cook has smashed the world record in the men's 200 metres breaststroke final at the Australian Swimming Championships, of course, and they are being held in Adelaide at the moment. So, look, Australian swimming, uh, it's great when it's strong, isn't it? We've got the Commonwealth Games this year and we're not too far away from the French Olympic Games. But, uh, yeah, a little bit of stuff. All right, coming up next on Afternoon Sport, it is Brisbane comedian Chad Wick. Friday time, Brisbane comedian Shad Wicker time, and it's great to see 
that Chad is on the road and the boys are doing their thing because uh, for a couple of years it was very difficult to even get out of our own bedroom with COVID. Now, Shad, uh, you're in Sydney. You're at the uh, um, Factory Theatre last night. Yeah, yeah, I was at the Factory Theatre last night, lads, having a great time there, although I've got to say the audience um, sounded Mm. a little bit more like... uh, how would I put it? Probably more of a reaction you'd see after a nice little chip shot at the PGA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, after they bought a $27 beer probably. <laughs> now, Shad, you watched the footy last night, Knights v Broncos. It was a, the start of the game. It, it seemed fairly even even placed and then the Broncos just stormed away in the end. Yeah, they lit it up at the end of that yeah. uh, at the end of that game. There, it was looking interesting for the last twenty minutes. But I, I tell you what, mate, this Broncos team—they are looking legit now. I think it's now time to recognise that this could be a turning point. The only issue is we all still have those horrid night terrors of just how bad they mm. can stuff this up in the past. But five in a row is nothing to turn your nose up at. And uh, look, and they've been doing it against decent competition. Obviously, the Knights. Uh, not that, but you've got to beat the teams you're supposed to beat, and that's something they couldn't do last year, and they did it this time, and in bloody good fashion. Tell you what, yeah. Cobbo would be asking for some big money the way he's been playing so far. I'm a big fan. Mm, I think he stamped his papers for the Queensland team, didn't he, if he hadn't already last night. And and to beat Newcastle at home is is never completely easy, and they came at them hard. like They came at them real hard. It was 6 all for quite some time, mm. but that takes the Broncos to fourth on the ladder. I know that will probably change over the course of the weekend, but 14 points, the Broncos. No Adam Reynolds either, and we saw them unveil this cracking young 19-year-old, Chad. Yeah, Ezra's really cool. Ezra's um, been at the club for a little bit. He's been playing uh, a bit up in Wynnum at the moment, um, floating in and out of the train-on squad in uh, in Red Hill. Mm. So they're really excited about Ez, but one of the you know one of the reasons holding back, obviously they've got Reno there. They're really happy with Tice, but it's good to – I guess a bit of a blessing because I the talk around the club was you'd see a lot of Ezra this year, um, mm. and then the fact that Tyson Gamble took to the to the five eight position so well, they were a little bit concerned about how we're going to get him some footy this year and get him worked up. But he did great, just slotting straight in along alongside Tyson. So pretty exciting stuff for the Broncos. Absolutely. And the other thing as well is in the big chat there at the club is just in how insane their depth is. At the moment. Um, yeah. Even yep. when you're looking at the outside backs, you know, if Origin comes around and these calls that we're thinking are going to happen, you're going to have Cobbo leave and a couple of New South Wales boys are there or get some starts and you've got Stags. Um, you've got Pereira sitting there as well who played so well for St. George last year when he got this chance and he's the next in line for that uh, outside back spot Yeah, once people start to drop off. So there's a lot of players sitting there at the Broncos that can really do the job when they need to, which is something I don't think they've had for the last few years. Isn't isn't Ponga just frustrating? Like he, that run that he did at oh. the start of the game and then that try that he scored, it's just sheer brilliance. And then we probably won't see anything again for another two or three weeks now. I know. And if, I'll tell you what, he is one that I'm wary about when it comes to playing for Queensland. Mm. Um, I'm kind of in two minds about wanting Ponga in the side. You want him there because of that brilliance, but then you are. You're really worried about yeah. how he just – he can switch it off in a game, though, as well. Yep. Like, you can see him do something amazing in the first five and you don't even hear his name for the next six, yeah, six mm. years. 
I think I think the thing that's going to help him for Queensland, and it did last year, uh, particularly in that last game, is the presence of Ben Hunt. And I think mm. that Ben Hunt, uh, we could all uh, agree that he is one of the top five players in the comp at the moment. He yeah. is yeah. dragging that team around the field. He's an outstanding player. So I think his sense of leadership will help him. That's the one thing that I looked at Newcastle last night. They just, uh, you know, no, no Mitchell Pearce, obviously, but they just look rudderless. It doesn't look like there's somewhere there in that team that can lead them. Yeah, and they put a lot of pressure on Milf to be that guy, but we've never known Milford to be the the steering of the ship type half. So, I mean, they've got a lot of questions to answer. You know, it's interesting, though, that you, you know, touching on Ben Hunt being top five mm. player in the game right now, and obviously Munster would be right up there with him as well. In terms of form, two of the best form halves in the comp right now, both of them are Queenslanders. Yes. Will mm. Queensland get rid of DCE, Chuck Hunt in there? DCE is, of course, the last captain. That we've had. You're looking at the team right now as a Queenslander. I don't want DCA in that side. No, we, I want Ben we, Hunt we and do. Munster. <laughs> we do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Hunt is outstanding, and uh, they could win. I mean, look. Hopefully they won't. I'm, 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 hopefully the Blues will win three zip. But um, yeah, he's 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 the guy. He's the man for Queensland in my view to to bring them all together. I know Munster's brilliant as well. So look, it's going to be a cracking State of Origin series because New South Wales has plenty of talent themselves. Now, uh, what about this game tonight? Six o'clock. Mick Potter, mm. uh, former Bulldog player, has taken over the reins. <laughs> Do they get the chocolates over a very much weakened West Tigers? That they should win, shouldn't they? If we, we think about the bounce back of teams that lose a coach, I, I can't believe that's the game that we really like. I mean, the schedule makers, <laughs> <laughs> the double header tonight, Friday night football. Are we going to mm. talk about Parramatta and Manly? No, we're going to talk about the battle for the wooden spoon that's happened two that's weeks rugby in a row. League. That is rugby league. <laughs> oh mate, oh, the, this can this bulldog situation is unreal. Like. <laughs> the, the Potter takeover, I think the biggest takeaway I had when that happened was, you know, generally nine times out of ten, you take the assistant coach mm. and he is the interim coach for the rest of the year because you go, mm. here's your audition, but it doesn't matter if we get rid of you and get a new coach next year, right? But when you take someone from, you know, Mounties, but he's not he's not part of the coaching staff, you bring him in, it almost feels like, well, he's your guy now. That's the ultimate signing. That's not interim. That's who you want to be in charge. So it's a, such a confusing game of the Bulldogs to the point that I feel like they might take up Mundine's offer to be a consultant the way they're running at the moment. Well, it's how good that would that be. Imagine, <laughs> imagine Gus Gould trying to sack Mundine. He'd get the boys in there. <laughs> Bunch his head in. It'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah, real. Um, I'm, I'm, taking, I'm taking the Tigers to – just further embarrass Canterbury because I'll just sit here and I go, Naden's on the other side, which is a hilarious storyline ahead of this game. And the only way the Bulldogs have been able to score has really been through the Fox and he's not there. Mm. So I, I can't see them putting on points. But at the same time, we're talking about two teams that are awful, <laughs> like so awful. So mm. who knows what's going to happen. And it's interesting. The reason why we're talking about it is because rugby league is unlike any other sport, isn't it? It's, it's what happens <laughs> off the field and the way that it eats itself as a game. And while ever Phil Gould is there at the Bulldogs, mm. you're always going to see, don't you think, what do you guys think? You're going to see them get hammered in the media, the other side of the media, because he's such a, a spokesperson for one mob. Mm. Um, that that will never die down. Yeah. No, nah, and he is the media. Like, he is such a huge slice of NRL media that it's just uh, – this This is one thing that I've noticed, especially through this week, and it kind of annoys me, is, like, how many people that are actively part of rugby league 
are also mm. in high-level mm. yep. reporting roles of rugby league. Mm. Like the fact that Braith Anast is the host <laughs> of a TV show and he's, <laughs> a, and he's the player agent baffles me. Like if you look across yep. to any other sport, that's insane. Like, you know, that's like NBA-type attitude towards, like, you know, involvement in the game and commentary on the game. Yeah. It's a crazy old game. What about this Roosters-Panthers? The Panthers are really on a whole nother level to the rest of the comp. Yep. I know Parramatta was able to get one over him, but this Roosters side has gotten a couple of challenging weeks. Uh, you know, they've gotten through a couple of challenging weeks. Uh, I, it's just hard for me to look at a side when you see matchups yep. and you go, where does yep. this team, where is this team better than Penrith? Like, there's no position on the field where you're like, oh, we, we, you've got a better player. And, like, you know, you could probably say maybe mm. Tedesco, but his form at the moment doesn't really answer that question either. So I feel like Panthers are really going to put put the herd on the Roosters this weekend. I could be wrong, though, and I was looking back at some of my predictions on this podcast. Mm. God, I'm bad. Anything I back, <laughs> back the complete opposite. Like, I'm awful. I thought there was going to be zero points across the Magic Round because of the rain. It was like the most points scored at a Magic Round in the history of the bloody comp. Well, I'm very, I'm very happy with that because the Dragons play the Warriors this weekend, mate. So I'm, I know you'll go for the Warriors. So hopefully you're right again. No, no, Dragons 13+. plus. Uh, okay. I'm very oh, Dragons no, 13+. Say, plus will absolutely dominate. <laughs> you never look back, do you? All care, no responsibility. These predictions come with a waiver. Uh, look, all right, buddy. Well, enjoy Sydney Town. You've got another gig tonight? Yeah, i got a gig tonight at the Factory Theatre if people want to check it out or if you're in Newcastle, the Newcastle Comedy Club tomorrow night, I'll be there. It's called Shut and Pete Save the World. Get around it. Well done, mate. See you, lads. Coming up on Afternoon Sport, Melbourne comedian Luca Muller. It is that time on a Friday where we are going to have a chat with Melbourne comedian Luca Muller, but it, we find him in Brisbane today. How are you, Luca? Yeah, good, mate. Good to be up here. Good to be avoiding a little bit of Melbourne winter, at mm. least. It's pretty nice. What about Port Adelaide? What about Port Adelaide? We had them on the scrap heap, the absolute <laughs> scrap heap. They've pulled their season back together, <laughs> and uh, this is a huge game against Geelong this weekend. We did. It was such easy content for us for those first few weeks of the season. Just cheap oh, shot yeah. after cheap shot, <laughs> making fun of them for sinking too many beers out of Port Wollonga or whatever. But yeah, they've pulled their season back together. They really have. They've won four in a row and they actually look good as well. Um, they're up against Geelong this week, who started pretty strong, but they've lost two of their last three. That's a pretty pretty good game, I reckon. That's a good test to see which direction both those teams are heading in on Saturday, are they? Yeah, well, let, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves with Port Adelaide. As they say in Scotland, don't order your kilt just yet. They, they only beat North Melbourne last week. Come on. That's true. Baby steps, baby steps. <laughs> but a big game tonight, mate. Uh, the Blues take on the Swans, um, both coming off. Good wins last week. Carlton beating GWS yep. quite comfortably. And Sydney smashing Essendon, which I really, really enjoyed. But uh, I think this is a really big challenge for the Swans tonight. Yeah, that's a ripping game, I reckon. Both those teams have uh, yeah started their seasons pretty well. And it'll be good to see them both on the big stage on the big Friday night. Both of those teams don't get yeah. too many Friday night games. That'll be exciting. Carlton will miss their uh, full forward, Harry McKay. But you'd think should have the edge in the midfield with Cripps and Walsh and all that. But yeah, that's a good mm. game. Massive test for both those teams. Yeah, and of course, it is a very important round in the AFL calendar. The Douglas Nichols round, the dream time at the G on Saturday night. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's always good. I love this round. It's uh, yeah, like you said, it's a Doug Nichols round where they pay honor and tribute to the indigenous players and supporters and community around the game. Um, it's always cool to see it, every team plays with the sort of uh, indigenous jersey, which is usually designed by one of the mm. players or someone you know close to the team. And yeah, like you say, headlined by the, the jewel in the crown of the round is uh, Dreamtime at the G Richmond against Essendon on Saturday night, which. Richmond have looked good, and Essendon have been absolutely awful. The Swans, the Swans sort of beat them into the uh, into the media rounds this week. It's never good when you couple off so bad that you got to sort of go out on all the on all the telly shows that week. But you never know. Maybe this is the game that they'll be able to turn it around on the big stage there. Well, I'm tipping Dusty to be best on ground. I just felt last week when he kicked that goal, that incredible angle from the sideline, and just glimpses yeah. of, of of his best coming back. And I think. Big stage for him uh, at the best stages, and uh, this is a big stage for him just, just coming uh, this weekend. Yeah, some players really shine with that extra attention, mm. and um, I think that'll uh, – yeah, I reckon you're right there. Tip him his best on, and it is. It's very good to see him back. He seems like he's back at his best. He's sort of gotten his fitness back to where it should be. I think he'll play some more time in the midfield this week, and, yeah, it's pretty exciting. Luca, just um, – I did a bit of research. The highest number of points ever scored by an AFL or VFL team was Geelong, 238. Mm-hmm. Now, Melbourne and Melbourne are playing North Melbourne. <laughs> is this is this achievable? Is the record in danger? Maybe, maybe. <laughs> I saw I saw some uh, bookmakers weren't even offering odds for this. They had Melbourne at one dollar, <laughs> which is terrifying. It's, it's pushing up the price of memorabilia from past North Melbourne glories. I was at a function this week, and the auctioneer said, "Here it is, Wayne Carey, the greatest of all time. We won't see a premiership from North Melbourne the next hundred years." So, um, yeah, oh, they are they are struggling. They've been in a rebuilding stage for a long time. Now, uh, we'll head it overseas. Man City and Liverpool, the title race. Mm. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty rare that the title race stays alive up until the very last round of the EPL, but it's still going, still going this weekend. There's one point in one. it. Man City's mm. up by one point. Um, so if they win, then they'll take it. But if Liverpool win and City lose or draw, then Liverpool will take it. And the storylines are just so delicious. It's incredible. <laughs> Liverpool's playing Wolves, who should be an easy enough win for them. And Man City's playing Aston Villa, who are sort of a mid-table club. But they're coached by Steven Gerrard, who's probably you know Liverpool's greatest ever player, one of their all-time club heroes. He never won the league with Liverpool as a player, oh. but now he has the chance to beat Man City and hand Liverpool the cup as coach of another team. It is so bloody exciting. Both All these games have happen at the same time, which is a cool quirk of the Premier League. That's uh, 1 a.m. Monday morning if you're willing to uh, yes. hit a bit of no-dos and stay up for it. But it's very, very exciting finish to the season. There. And the Merseyside Everton uh, beat Crystal Palace, came from behind yeah. to win 3-2 to stay in the Premier League. They're, they're the one of two teams never to be relegated. They've played in the Premier League their whole entire life and, uh, and they yeah. stay there again. Boy, they went close. I know, jeez. <laughs> so close. They were just about in relegation danger, but yeah, only a couple of hours ago that game wrapped up and good for them, massive. Came from two goals behind and yeah. sealed it with five minutes to go. So they'll be, yeah, over the moon. Now, um, there, there's some interesting things happening in Brisbane. Tell us what they are, my friend. What's going on up there? <laughs> uh, we don't want to get too much into it, but <laughs> what's, her, what's her name, Luca? <laughs> no, it's been good. Yeah, there's some, there's the Brisbane Comedy Festivals on at the moment. You could check out that, and obviously Magic Round was on last weekend. I think I can still see some boys still kicking around Fortitude Valley, still going from that weekend. <laughs> it's been pretty good up here. Yeah. Hey, Luke. Oh, cool. Hey, Luke. Hey, Luca. The uh, the, um, the number of calls have just come in. Uh, a lot of these crypto 
cryptocurrency investors want want the one dollar for Melbourne. They said that's a, that's a good result for them. <laughs> oh yeah, very good. <laughs> They're going to turn some uh, some yeah. North Melbourne Premiership gear into an NFT or that's something, it, yeah. are they? <laughs> well, you enjoy your, you enjoy your time up there in the River City, my friend, and uh, we'll do it all again next weekend. Sounds good, boys. Have a good one. That's it for afternoon sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. A big thank you to Shad Wicker and Luca Muller and our sponsors. I'm going to have a few of these this weekend. O'Brien Beer, the beer that loves you back. And, of course, our brilliant producer, Dan McHugh, back Monday with your daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care. Join us for our afternoon sport racing bulletin brought to you by Bluebet. What I'm backing and why. Tim Gilbert is joined by racing journalist Matt Jones and professional punter Brad Miller discussing which horses they'll be betting on this weekend and why. Catch the show Friday afternoons ready for your weekend of punting. Subscribe or follow on your favourite podcast app. What I'm backing and why. Happy punting.